everybody. This is the Young Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Astacio, and I'm here with our guest, Lindsay Antman. Lindsay and I had met uh, a few weeks ago, and actually, this is the first time we actually physically met each other. We've been doing a lot of meetings uh, via Zoom and over the phone and whatnot, but I'm so I'm really honored to be able to finally meet you in person and hear about Mind Body Kitchen, your business. I'm really excited to talk to the the viewers and the listeners about what you do as a young entrepreneur, uh, being part of this new thriving community of young entrepreneurs here in Naperville and the surrounding areas. I'm really excited to have you on the show today and really excited to talk to you a little bit about your journey. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start by just introducing you and some of your credentials. Uh, Lindsay owns Mind Body Kitchen. She studied uh, nutrition and eating psychology at ISU. She got her coaching certification from, from what was the organization that you got your coaching? Um? So I studied nutrition and dietetics at Illinois State. Okay. Got my eating psychology portion of that from the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. Okay, awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a former dancer, which is yes. a little uh, personal piece of that. Um, and then you focus with Mind Body Kitchen on binge eating, emotional eating, uh, food and nutrition and stress and anxiety, digestion, energy, uh, positive body, mind, image, mood, and yo-yo dieting, which I think is a really interesting uh, co- uh, topic, yeah. conversation piece, because a lot of people, first of all, don't, aren't even sure what that means, and second of all, they're probably involved in it on a regular basis mm-hmm. and don't even realize yeah. it. But um, yeah, that's that's her background. Um, she's been doing this stuff for not a long, not a very long time. You just gotten started, so um, you're just kind of figuring things out as you go, and you're putting yourself out there for the world to see. I see you on social media all the time, putting your videos out there, marketing yourself. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and what that mm-hmm. looks like, and mm-hmm. kind of the why, the why behind it, the mission, yeah. and all that good stuff. So, without further ado, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit better than I did? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a little uh, sneak pre- sneak peek, but uh, sure. Lindsay here can definitely give you more info. Well, thank you, Matt. I'm excited to be here, and like I. Said, said this space is beautiful sorry our viewers can't see it (laughs) (laughs) some of it some yeah yeah but I'm excited to be here um yeah I just started my business last year in July I was working full-time at a nursing facility um loved my job but the environment in which I was working was not working for me um so that really gave me the push to leave start my own business couldn't have done it without the support of my family my friends all that um, so it's been a journey and it's been a lot of fun and in the process learning so much more about myself than I ever expected. Absolutely. Like, I truly believe you can't start a business until you know why you're starting a business and like what drives that mission. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people neglect that aspect of starting a business. They just think that they can sign it up and get it going, but you really have to dig deep. You have to figure out what it is that drives you because I feel like people lose their interest based off of that. You know, if yeah. you just lose lose passion for something that you were passionate about six months ago, it could do or it could you know make or break your business essentially. Yeah. So and I've been a foodie, a mm-hmm. lover of food my whole life. Yeah. So Fits I can't, right in. can't imagine doing anything else. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course now you get to look at healthy food, you know, mm-hmm. looking at it in a different light because typically I don't know about you, but when I hear food I think the most greasy, unhealthy food you can possibly imagine. Because that's what you typically see. Like if I search that on social media right now, foodie, you'd see a big cheeseburger with cheese oozing out the sides and like all kinds of toppings and all kinds of craziness going on there. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that comes from what we see on television. Of course. Right? All of the food network shows about finding the best joints all across the world. And yeah, yeah. that could be one definition of a foodie, but mm-hmm. I think it's really fun and 
inspirational to look within yourself and like what does a foodie mean to you because um, to me a foodie being a foodie is choosing foods that nourish me chewing choosing foods that i love being with family and friends and enjoying the food we make together so that's being a foodie to me but that definition could be so different for everyone oh yeah absolutely and like you said it's i think it's a societal thing where that's what you see typically on tv mm-hmm. and in media and whatnot but you're redefining that essentially i mean i think <laughs> i think what you're doing is trying to look at it in a different light you know instead of being a foodie and just surrounding yourself with unhealthy greasy food and that's the definition i mean you've just taken it to the next level when you incorporate mm-hmm. your family the experiences that you share with them you know while you're making food you know there's so much more more that goes into it than just the actual food aspect. So I'm really glad you pointed that out. That's that's really interesting. Before we go into talking about your business, though, I wanted to get personal, a little personal with <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> we had some fun on the phone before this uh, talking about some of these questions, but um, I want to ask you some personal questions about yourself so that the viewers can get to know you a little bit, uh, understand who you are on a personal level. And that's what the group, the uh, Young Entrepreneurs Network is all about, is trying to genuinely connect with people, really learn about them on a personal level and grow from there because we think that that's really where the magic happens. When you you know, you know make a friend and you then make a business uh, relationship after. Mm-hmm. So um, first question, what are some of your hobbies? What are some of the things that you do for fun just to kind of start this off? And then we'll get into the fun questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my big hobby my whole life up until recently was dance. Oh, nice. I was an urban dancer. For mm-hmm. those of you who don't know who, what urban is, it's essentially hip hop. Yep. But urban's much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> you educated me on that. I was like, urban dancer. And then she sent me a link. I was like, oh, snap, this is crazy. Yeah. So I started getting more serious in high school. I was on a competitive all-girl dance company and then in college I started my own with a group of friends called Urban Movement Um, and because I went to school in Bloomington Normal now I'm living here in Mundelein Mm -hmm. Illinois it's a bit far so stopped dancing altogether pretty much and now I'm really into yoga Nice. And I actually just got certified as a yoga sculpt instructor. So, so. you're approved, passed, yeah. ready to go, huh? <laughs> ready to go. Uh, the goal is to teach in Deerfield and the surrounding okay. areas and then hopefully incorporate that into my business and possibly do one-on-ones, group classes like you mentioned yoga on the beach yeah, I yeah, would yeah. love that <laughs> actually they've they've been on this podcast the owners of that of yeah. that business um and actually I've gone to one of their yoga classes it was amazing Jonathan is um, amazing at what he does he really gets you like in the zone and you just feel like mm-hmm. you're there's feel it feels like there's no one else in the room actually it's kind of it's interesting but I didn't get a chance to experience it on the beach so I'm definitely going to be doing yeah. that this summer I think we talked about it we're going to yeah check we it will out. go we will go. we'll check it out for sure <laughs> All right, so now to some of the more fun questions. We know your background a little bit and, and what you're into. Um, I'm going to ask you some fun questions now. So first question, are you a hunter or a gatherer? What would you consider yourself? Oh, man, I think I would be a little bit of both. Okay. okay. A little bit of both. Um, so there's times when you got to hunt, you got to get out there and yeah, find there's- prey on something there's times (laughs) where i consider myself a lone wolf just hunting for what i need and forgetting about the rest of the world and just going after my dreams my desires and then there's times where i'm a gatherer Mm -hmm. and joining with the community my family my friends like there's aspects 
there's elements of both in me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I'm a Gemini. Could be. <laughs> I'm split pers- personality all <laughs> <Yeah>. around. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, that's really interesting. I feel like most people should kind of balance those two things in a sense. And you really shouldn't just put all your eggs in one basket and be just a hunter. Right, just right. A like you want to be a go-getter yeah. for the things that you want, but then know when to take a step back and work together as a team. Yeah, absolutely. And for the, the, for the group as a whole, you know, you're contributing towards something bigger than yourself, essentially. Yeah. I think that's where the gatherer piece kind of comes in and then the hunter like you said lone wolf you're just like Mm -hmm. on the mission you're doing things for you and Mm -hmm. you have goals and you have deadlines and that's hunter mode that's a good question (laughs) good i'm glad you enjoyed it i hope the listeners enjoyed it as well it makes you think it makes you think about your situation a little bit and think about you know your own personality and again i think that's going to help a lot of people in a sense figure out what why they're doing what they're doing. Like yeah. we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, you know, before you start a business, you need to realize who you are and why you're doing these things. And mm-hmm. it's one of those questions that kind of pulls that out of you a little bit. Right. You know? Like knowing your role. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the balance between the two. Are you more of a hunter? Are you more of a gatherer? Like how do you balance those two things? All right. So next question, <laughs> another fun one. Um, what kind of animal, if you had to pick one animal out of all the animals in the animal kingdom, which animal would you be? Definitely a cat. And you can't ask me what kind because (laughs) that depends on the day. It depends on my mood. There's there's definitely a differentiator between cats. (laughs) Right? Like I could be domesticated, all cuddly. Um, I could be out in the wild just doing my thing, isolated, um, independent. That's really what I mean when I say isolated. Independent, doing my own thing, but I'm confident. Hunting. Yeah, hunting. (laughs) (laughs) Finding something to prey on, essentially. So that's cool. That's a nice mix-up. So you're a cat, but you've got a a broad spectrum of cats to deal with here, Mm -hmm. basically. And you have different levels, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) That's cool, though. That's cool. Um, Next question. High school. What was that like? What were you like in high school? High school. I went to a huge high school. Okay. Um, our graduating class was fourteen hundred. Okay. What, if you don't mind me asking, which high school? Stevenson. Did you go to? Oh, okay. In Lincolnshire, yeah, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, Long Grove area. Yeah. That is a huge high school. Yeah. So you know, up until high school, I was a dork. Yeah. I hung out with the nerds <laughs> because hey, I wanted to be smart, so I hung out with the smart kids. You're a product of your environment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in high school, I was kind of all over. I didn't really fit myself into one category. I liked to be a social butterfly. I got along with everyone. Um, I did well in school, Yeah, yeah. you know, and I had all my extracurriculars on the side, dance, of course, and all the volunteer groups and that kind of thing. So just figuring myself out in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Doing what I'm supposed to do. Best place to do it is in high school. Yeah. Figure well, things out. You don't really have a choice. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> it's like starting from scratch. Like, who are you going to be this year? You know, yeah. every year is different, but oh, yeah. it definitely defines you. And like you said, I like that piece of mentioning like a product of your environment. You hang out with all the nerds. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna be smart. <laughs> Most likely. Or they're doing all your work for you. A little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Don't tell my parents. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure you uh, use that leverage a little bit. <laughs> like, hey, you know, this is due tomorrow. I really don't have time. You need a back rub? <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, high school High school for me was, was similar. I was, like, all over the place. I had, like, different stages. And, again, I think I was just trying to find myself. I didn't know kind of where I fit in. I didn't really know... 
what group I would resonate with well or whatnot. I'm very adaptive. So like I yeah. adapt to the environment and I'm in typically. Um, sometimes not. Sometimes it just depends. But for the mm. most part, I can adapt. But I felt like that was my whole high school was just adapting to yeah. whatever was in front of me. And I wasn't sure why or what I was doing or what I was doing it for. You know, more of just that acceptance, like to have a group to be accepted by or yeah. like feel that sense of community, I guess you can say. But, you know, sometimes it was with the wrong crowd. Sometimes it was with the right crowd. It just depended on the year, essentially, and who I was talking to at that time. I was very shy, soft spoken. Didn't kept to myself most of the time. I had a very small circle of friends. So, mm. but that's the time to do it. That's the time to find yourself. You know, and like you said, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> All right. So we got the high school question out of the way. Next question. This is one. Of, this I'm gonna enjoy this one because I'm a '90s kid myself. Um, but what is your favorite '90s jam? Um. Okay. Like beautiful day today. <laughs> roll the windows down. Yeah. '90s jam. Blast that. '90s jam. Well, I've always loved music. You ask me to pick my favorite song, we'll be sitting here for five weeks because <laughs> yeah. that's impossible. Um, yeah. I don't have a favorite anything. So okay. picking my favorite music jam is hard, but I gotta say Shania Twain. She's my she's my girl. Yeah, that's a good pick though. That's yeah. a lot of people's girl for sure. Yeah, I mean, so I grew up listening to a lot of country because mm. my mom loves country. She grew up in Wisconsin, you know, with horses, the whole thing. So by the time I got to college, I resented country. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. stand it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I always loved Shania Twain. She just has such a positive energy. And that one song, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. That's I could play classic. that every day and always love it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. And that's a good 90s jam, too. Yeah. 90s. I love the 90s. I miss the 90s. Me, too. It brings you back. Nostalgia. Oh, yeah. just, just back to those times where you didn't have responsibilities. <laughs> and you were fine. You're like, everything's fine. I'm just going to go hang out with my friends and yeah. things will work themselves out. Mm -hmm. uh, the 90s. All right. So next question. This one's the best one out of the group. And we talked about this. You're going to have a lot of fun with this one. So question. You've been given an elephant. You can't give it away. You can't sell it. What would you do with it? Okay. <laughs> so elephants, very controversial animal. Yeah. They're going extinct. If I let it out in the wild, I don't know if that's allowed, but who knows if it would survive, right? I don't, I don't think it would. All right. Well, then I guess if I had to keep it, I would make it my friend. Okay. Feed it, love it, take what do care you feed of it. An elephant. I Peanuts? don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. So. Is, is that a stereotype or is that real? I have no idea. That's a very good question. <laughs> well, you know, elephants are big, and I'm very small, mm -hmm. so I would probably train it to reach all the things up high that I can't reach. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you got your own personal shower too. Just pick up the water and just pour oh, it on idea. you. Oh, good idea. Save a lot of money on your water bills. Absolutely. Well, you just answered the question for me. <laughs> there you go. If I had an elephant and I didn't, couldn't sell it, yeah, I'd probably, I would hate to put it out in the wild because, like you said, it wouldn't survive, you know, yeah. like in this day and age. Poachers would be coming after it, probably. So I'd probably have to build, like, some giant cage for it of mm -hmm. some sort or just have, like, a huge backyard with... Uh, elephant's dreamland, you know, a little <laughs> pond, a little pond there so you can throw water around. Oh, I can man. shower under him. <laughs> Did you see Dumbo, the movie? Yeah, it used to be my favorite movie. Oh, you mean there's the a new, new one? one? Oh my God, I did not even know this. I haven't seen it yet. That's amazing. <laughs> Dumbo's my childhood. I had big yeah. ears as a kid, so they used to call me Dumbo. Uh -huh. And my ears, I don't know why, I don't, ears don't grow. 
they stay the same. No, when you grow into your ears. Yeah, exactly. So I used to have really big ears. Now they're normal sized. But <laughs> <laughs> I used to be made fun of as a kid. I, they used to call me dumb all the time. But I love the sh- I love the movie and the yeah, show. Yeah, it's a great message. But yeah, but I haven't seen the new one. I definitely have to check that out. Yeah. All right, but so before we go in more into your business, right? We've got all the elephant business out of the way. <laughs> um, now we can go back into Mind Body Kitchen. And I want to start off still with some personal questions about it and then go right into kind of what got you started and everything. So uh, first question, what's your favorite healthy meal? Since we're dealing with food, we're dealing with, uh, you know, nutrition, uh, diet, mm-hmm. di- dietics, if, if you will. Um, what would be your favorite healthy meal to eat and enjoy? Mm, yeah, so healthy, that's that's a big word. And I think a lot of people don't really know what healthy means or what it means for them. Very true. So I think any meal that you truly enjoy, that you just feel so nourished by, you leave that meal feeling satisfied, like that's healthy. doesn't matter what other people think is healthy. Mm. Like if it's a meal that's serving you, mind, body, spirit, it's healthy. Um, But if you're going to get technical, I guess my favorite meal is anything that has avocado in it. (laughs) I just, I'm obsessed with avocado and I could eat it with everything. Put it in any meal, call it healthy. Oh yeah. Like avocado ice cream. But it is healthy though. (laughs) It is. Oh, but avocado ice cream, that's taking it to the next level. I know, I know, I'm joking. (laughs) A little Um, sugary. (laughs) It's very, no, but avocado is super high in omega-3 fatty acids. Great for your skin, your hair, your everything. Absolutely, and it tastes amazing. Tastes amazing. And it goes good with pretty much everything, I would say. It's got such a unique texture. You can throw it in almost any recipe. You can substitute a lot of things for it. Yeah, my favorite thing to substitute avocados is um, cream cheese. So instead of putting cream cheese on my bagel, I usually put an avocado spread of some sort. Or sometimes you can just get away with cutting up an avocado and throwing it on top Mm. of it, you know. I like that. But yeah, that's usually my go-to. I love avocados too. It's uh, I'm Hispanic, so we Mm. use a lot of avocados in food and whatnot. So so we're gonna have a guacamole taste off. That's right. That's (laughs) right. My dad makes the best guacamole ever. So I'm going to have to find his, he's going to have to teach me the recipe first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to practice a couple of times, you know, test it out on my friends and family. And then, then it's on. I'm happy to taste it. <laughs> Good. No, <laughs> this is a competition, Lindsay. Oh yeah. You got you to gotta come with your best. I vote for all the guacamole. It's, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anything with avocado, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So next question, still sticking with the food piece, right? Uh, what's your favorite unhealthy meal? Ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> Hands down. No hesitation. Hands down. It's comfort food when you're sad or you're yeah. overwhelmed, stressed. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Where it's I funny like though because I'm always cold, mm-hmm. like temperature. My body is always cold, but really? I can still eat ice cream in the dead of winter. Yeah, you know what? I, I, yeah, I have the and same. I have the same thing. I'm always cold because I'm thin and I'm small. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But I can eat ice cream. It doesn't mm. matter. I can be freezing and shivering. And I'm still. <laughs> I'll regret it, it afterwards, yeah. but <laughs> I enjoy it in the moment. That's all that matters, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then the last question about you personally. This is more about your business, but um, what's the most asked question you get? Knowing like people knowing what you do, being in nutrition, being in, in health and wellness and food. Um, what is the like most common question that you get on a regular basis? So the most common thing people will say, whether they're a client of mine or not, is just tell me what to eat. It's not really a question. It's more of a command, but it's yeah. just, just tell me what to eat. What's healthy? What's not? What's good? What's bad? Um, that is never, ever something that I can answer on the spot. Hmm, okay. A lot of people do because I think it's just something people want a quick answer to. And it's much more complicated than that. 
Sure, yeah. there's a lot of things that work for a majority of people all the time, um, but nutrition is super individualized, super specific. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own story, their own journey. What's healthy for you may not be healthy for me and Absolutely. vice versa. So that's the biggest thing is just tell me what to eat. Well, yeah. how about we sit down, explore that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And also like what works for you today may not work for you in 10 years from now. So it's an ongoing exploration of your body, your health mm -hmm. and what works for you in the moment. So when I work with clients, I teach them more so the tools to learn about their body and feed their body right. Awesome. Yeah, that's fascinating. And that's an interesting question that you get asked a lot because it kind of, it speaks volumes to society in general, like mm -hmm. that quick fix, like just tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. You know, like they don't want to know, like the, the, what about the work that goes into it? You know, yeah. discovering yourself, finding out about your own body so that you can make the right choices in food that you're eating. But again, it just goes back to just tell me what I need yeah. to do. Give me a quick pill and I'll take it and yeah. that's it. Yeah. It's not always that simple. And yeah. then you find the people where, okay, if I tell you what to do, you're probably not going going to do it yeah exactly so then there's another piece where we need to explore and say what's holding you back from Absolutely. making these choices yeah that's really that's really interesting stuff I'm sure you're handling all those questions awesomely <laughs> <laughs> but those are the some of the things that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs business people they are approached with certain questions like that that are just like your typical question I think it's one of the biggest things that they overcome with their marketing is trying to kind of piece that apart and understand it better so that way you get closer to that point where it's not just asking that question. It's actually executing the plan, understanding what your explanation is, essentially. But kind of meeting people in that, in that place. But um, entrepreneurship, let's go right into that. Let's go into your journey, right? Um, I was really fascinated by this, just by your story and your dedication to nutrition, health, and eating right. And not only that, you have a different approach to it, which I think is very unique to most uh, nutritionists and even like physical trainers things like that is you you put the person first essentially you you know really kind of highlight their yeah their experiences and their you know physiology even down to that but um, let's go ahead and start with your journey when did this all begin entrepreneurship in general I mean think of entrepreneurship as being self-employed and self-sufficient you know making your own income making your own means of income um, when did this start when did you have that kind of uh, uh, realization that you wanted to do something like yeah. this. Yeah. So I think I always had an entrepreneurial spirit without okay. even realizing, like we were talking about before. My both my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, even when I was in college and started my own dance company, I wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily making an income with that, but it was leading with a mission, joining with a community to do something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. It wasn't just about the dance. It was about the message, the story. Yeah. The passion. So it kind of started there. Um, I did a little bit of network marketing in college, too, when I was 18. That's cool. when I started because that's the youngest age yeah, yeah. <laughs> to sign up that's and do that. That's the best place to start, in my opinion. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Just in my dorm room having Arbonne parties. Yeah. Like, that's selling. a great environment to do it, too, actually. Yeah. You're around a bunch of co college kids who you know, are into that kind of thing and they're trying to learn more about it. So it's like a perfect environment to bring people together and yeah. learn about that kind of thing. But yeah, so I guess it kind of started there. Okay. And then once I graduated college and I went on to have all these different job experiences, if you will, mm -hmm. um, I always knew deep down that I needed more. With every job, I learned a lot. It was a great experience, but then it got to a point where what's next? What Absolutely. more can I learn? What more can I do? Mm -hmm. 
And then eventually I had this idea of starting my own business. And it came to me at the most random time. I was at a Panera Bread. Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting some work done or something? Studying or I something? was about to go to my shift for oh. my job in the city. And um, this idea just came to me. Uh-huh. I had to like literally lock myself in the bathroom and sit with this idea because it was so intense. Some message was coming into my brain like, oh, wow. this is what you need to do. And that's <laughs> it's where intense. it was. It was. And it was then that I came up with the name Mind Body Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it was just this feeling of incorporating. I was working for a cooking school at the time. So I thought, how can I incorporate teaching healthy cooking classes and also something with yoga? And how can I bring that all together? So Mind Body Kitchen just stuck. And I couldn't get it out of my head. That was in 2017. And I didn't actually start my business until the following summer. Oh, okay. So summer 2018? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But Mm. that idea was just, wow, this is it. You know, those are the best. Those are the best moments. That's when you know something is really valuable to you and like you're really going to push your mission because it's like a a revelation, you know, like you're sitting there and it's like can't get the thought out of your head. It's sticking with you. There's something to say about that. So Mm -hmm. good thing you went and ran with it because I think it's an amazing name. Mind Body Kitchen. It really sums up what you're doing. I mean, it really does put it into a context for people to understand. And when you speak about it, when you start to go on about your business, your mission and what you're doing, it makes sense with the name. Like everything you're saying resonates with that name, with that brand and that logo. So it's awesome. You had the right revelation. That's for (laughs) sure. Um, So my next question, how did you come up with the concept um, with Mind Body Kitchen? I mean, we understand the name a little bit as far as just having that moment where you're like, this is awesome. But obviously there's a concept behind what you're doing where, again, it's more mind mind body connected where it's not Mm -hmm. just about the food. It's about the person. But that concept alone, what? How how did you come up with that concept? What uh, triggered that? Right. So at that time, I was working for a cooking school, a recreational cooking school in the city. So I didn't necessarily think that I wanted to teach cooking classes in that way. But I Mm. knew the healthy food aspect and all the experiences I had had up until that point. um, Like I was working at a company doing research development or recipe development and everything leading up to that. And then I was practicing yoga as well. And yoga just really, for me personally, helped me calm my mind, calm my body. Um, Compared to the dancing, I didn't leave feeling sore. (laughs) So it was just something that I fell in love with. So, and I knew that, you know, from my own personal experience with dieting and having a negative relationship with my body, and counting calories and watching my weight. And I was like, I don't want that. I want to teach people how to feel good, not only in their body, but when they're in the kitchen cooking a meal. I just want them to feel good. I don't want anyone to have to go through the same stresses that I went through, preparing meals, planning my meals, counting the bites, the chew, like nonsense, right? So it's just bringing it back to that idea of, Food is so much more than just what it is. It's a feeling. It's a story. It's a journey. It's what keeps us alive, right? Absolutely. It's not something to punish ourselves with. Absolutely, something 100%. to love. And so I just wanted to create something that gives food that feeling again. That's awesome. 
Yeah, and then you did just that. I mean, just the way you explain it right now, it makes a lot of sense. I feel like that's a missing piece in the industry in itself is just focusing on the food and, and that's it, you know, stopping there. You mentioned the body piece, you know, focusing on the body, how you feel, your weight in general. You know, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, and then talking about the kitchen, you know, what's going on in the kitchen. But would you say that the mind part is more of the yoga piece and like the you know, maybe meditation or just mm-hmm. um, basic awareness, self-awareness, stuff like that. Can you elaborate a little bit about the mind part of what you're doing? Yeah. So the mind, you can take that in a million directions, right? Oh, yeah. Our reality comes from our mind. Mm-hmm. So it could be the stories that you tell yourself about food. Like okay. going back to that, what's good, what's bad. Yeah. Like the mind plays a huge role in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll just give you a little piece of that. Um, this is something that I teach in my mindful eating workshops. Okay. The very first phase of digestion is called the cephalic phase digestive response. Okay. And your mind, so cephalic means the head. So that's everything going on in your mind. Yep. What you taste, what you see, what you smell, what you feel when it goes down into your stomach. Like, is it warm? Is it cold? Hmm. All that. And if you skip over that phase, you're missing out on nearly 40 to 80% of the overall digestion power of that meal. Wow. And it's a phase that's not really talked about a lot. That's really fascinating. So you missed out on that phase when you take a supplement or a protein shake. You could, you could. But if you're taking it mindfully, if you're taking it with gratitude and appreciation. I see. Yeah, you, that's you, different. That's, it's a different approach. That's really cool, actually. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Man. So like understanding it, knowing what's in the product that you're taking and like thinking about it as you're eating yeah. it, digesting it, all that stuff. And knowing that what you're doing is coming from a positive place. Mm. Okay. Okay. Because you could be eating the healthiest meal in the world. But if you're thinking I'm eating this because I'm on a diet or I yeah. need to lose weight or I'm ugly or I'm not pretty enough or good enough or yep. whatever. If oh, you're, it's all negative. Yeah. yeah. If you're telling yourself those negative stories mm-hmm. and then eating this healthy meal, it's not so healthy, is it? I love that. That is amazing. That really makes just too much sense almost <laughs> I think of it this way like I was I, I used to be a plant-based advocate I used to be like full-blown vegan and a lot of it was because of the influence I had a, a former boss who uh, was plant-based advocate and he talked to me about it and convinced me that you know this is the way to be and, I, and I, I still believe that it's very beneficial I think it's probably one of the most healthiest lifestyles you can live mm-hmm. but a big thing for me was come it came back down to that mind piece where I felt sometimes like I was punishing myself by eating this way. And not only that, I didn't, I felt like it was more harmful for my health to be stressing about what I'm going to be eating than it was to just say, okay, this is going to fulfill my needs right now. I'm going to eat this. You know what I mean? Like, so again, it did, the, the mind part was huge. I mean, that's really what made me decide, okay, I'm going to want, I'm going to kind of go backwards in a sense and stop the plant-based, you know, living, uh, living diet, I guess you can call it. And just be more accepting of my situation you know where i'm at you know Mm -hmm. is this going to be good for me right now at this moment am i gonna be able to get through my day if i eat this yeah so i just started kind of looking at it more in terms of my mind and how i was responding to that um instead of what how you know how it actually felt going in or things like that but yeah i feel like that is the one thing that really differentiates you as a business and as a as a coach and as a as a company like this is implementing that mind piece i think that's huge Mm. All right, so on to the next 
how did you initially present present your services? So like you mainly f- work with clients over the phone, right, or Zoom mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Mostly just coaching. But uh, what? How did you present that from the get go, being in, in new business and everything? Yeah. So as a new business, I was thinking, what can I do? Where can I go? How can I let people know that I'm here? Mm-hmm. I actually had a friend in Highland Park who had just opened up a gym, and it was a very small community, maybe. 15 people showing up on a single day so very very small but I thought this is a great opportunity so we sort of had a partnership and I would spend you know five hours ten hours a week there just kind of hanging out letting people know so that's where I started Mm -hmm. when I first left my full-time job and presented okay mind body kitchen let's go so I saw a few clients out from there um, and I really only Stuck it out for a couple months or so, and then I transitioned into seeing clients over the video chat, like mm-hmm. Zoom, over the phone. Just felt more natural, more convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how often do you would you like communicate with these clients? Is it like a weekly thing, monthly thing? The clients that I see now. Yes. Um, it starts out, I would say, on a weekly basis, okay. but it really just depends on where the client's at. Sometimes it's every other week. Okay, yeah. I yeah. mean, if they as they advance too, I'm sure they become more aware yeah. of their own, you know, understanding of all this, so they can wind down a little bit on mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, but that's interesting. The, I feel like the frequency is a big piece, you know, as far as like how often you're sitting down and talking to Lindsay, because yeah. that could be, you know, make or break your progress in a sense, right. depending on where you are in the program. Right. I mean, consistency is key, but Absolutely. you got to also leave some room to see some growth, some yes. progress. Um, so that what you mentioned about uh, being at that gym and everything and kind of transitioning that goes right into my next question, which is yeah. your ideal client. You know, what would your ideal client look like? And I know we talked about a little bit about this, how that gym that you were with wasn't quite your ideal client. Can you explain a little bit uh, in detail about you know what you were experiencing there and kind of what you're at, yeah. where you're at right now? Yeah. So a lot of it, when it comes down to my ideal client, is the right mindset. So it goes back to that mm-hmm. someone who has an open mind. Um, to try something new because listen if you're trying the same thing over and over and over and you're not getting the same if you're not getting the results you want then it's time to try something new so someone who has an open mind as far as age I don't have a preferred age Mm -hmm. range um, but I prefer you know over 18 Um, the clientele in this gym was all above the age of 50. Oh, wow. So much older, much more set in their ways kind of people, not so open-minded. And they were great people. Yeah, They were a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think the oldest woman in there, she was 92 or 93. She could hold a plank longer than me. That's crazy. (laughs) That's nuts. Wow, good for her. That's amazing. So it was a fun place, but it wasn't, um, it just didn't feel right. And I listened to my gut and I went on to the next thing. Interesting. Just like when you came up with the name, right? You're yeah. Like, oh, this is something doesn't feel right or something feels really good about yeah. this. <laughs> I got to go with it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So you've kind of discovered now your new demographic, which is people closer to your age, you would say. Yeah. yeah. I, I just feel a better connection with yeah. people around the age of anywhere from 18 to 40. Yeah, of course. And it makes sense, too, because, again, those are people who are more open minded, you know, people who are maybe they've tried some things that aren't working and they want to try something different. I feel like the older generation has been doing things for decades in the same way. So it's like hard to 
break those habits. It's hard, yeah. but I mean, I've met people who are incredibly open at the age of 75. Yeah, absolutely. And they can, they can make a change. It's never too late to make a change and absolutely. see new results. Yeah. But the stats don't lie, obviously. Most people who are past like <laughs> 70 are not going to be very open-minded. Right. But it's cool to see the, the gap being bridged, you know, and seeing that. That's kind of like what we did with the Young Entrepreneurs Network is bringing, you know, younger a younger group of entrepreneurs with an older crowd of entrepreneurs. And the young mm-hmm. aspect isn't so much of the age, it's more of how how new you are to this, you know, how like new where you're at in your business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're seeing that happen all the time in our group with the, the younger crowd and the older crowd kind of um, mixing and, and nothing but magic has been happening. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> it's yeah. really cool to see that, uh, that engagement and everything. All right. So talk about your ideal client. Now let's talk about the unwanted clients. How do you deal with those? I mean, <laughs> what would you even consider like a client that you're just like, I just don't think we're a good fit or, you know, cause obviously that happens all the time. I know for my businesses, there's people I work with that I'm just like, it's it's just not gonna work. Either the, the actual specs just don't match up or the person, it's the person themselves that you just can't work with or whatnot. So go into a little bit of detail about that. Your, your industry is very, different than mine and you're dealing with people like one-on-one with their own personal stuff i deal with more businesses so give us a little insight as far as how you deal with some of those like you know needy clients or unwanted (laughs) clients or the clients that i wouldn't even want to say unwanted because that's not even a good word for it it's more of just like the just don't work well with not a good match yeah exactly exactly there it's a better word for it. so it's definitely a learning curve Mm -hmm. it's something that i'm still looking into and exploring every single day um and you, you, you learn from experience, right? So I can think of a few clients in my mind when I was working at that gym, it just was not a good fit. Yes. And I was at a place in my business, I was so brand new that I would take anybody that walked in the door, right? Just so that I could get that experience mm-hmm. and learn as I go. So these people were just not taking any recommendations, just doing their own thing, telling yep. me how I should be the coach, or telling me how I should coach them, oh, essentially. Wow. and. You know, it's like, if you think you know it better than me, then be your own coach. Yeah, I, seriously, I, why hire me? Why even pay me? Yeah, really. Yeah. And don't waste your time. Don't waste your money, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so finding your ideal client, who you want to work with, who you don't want to work with, that's really, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time to figure it out. Absolutely. And process. And you have to deal with some unwanted, or, you know, unideal clients, I guess yeah. you can say. People that you don't work well with. You have to deal with those situations to understand, okay, now yeah. I know this is not a good fit or it is a good fit. I think it's a good thing to yeah. have those experiences. And you're also going to have ebbs and flows in your business. You mm-hmm. might be at a place where you're just thriving so much that you can say, okay, I only want to work with these clients. Like you can get that specific, but then there will be times where, okay, let's see who comes into my door. And they, I always say, you know, and I'm sure a lot of other people say Mm -hmm. that people come into your life for a reason to teach you something. Absolutely. So the client that walks into your door is there for a reason. They want to work with you for a reason. So just take it as it comes and Absolutely. go from there. Yeah, and it's all positive at the end of the day. No matter what, you're going to get a positive outcome. Whether you yeah. find out the person's not a good match for you or they are, it's still a positive outcome because now you know, okay, this is the type of person that I, I don't resonate with or this is the type of person I do. So mm-hmm. it's just, again, learning experience, something that you can use as reference for future encounters with clients and yeah, whatnot. Definitely. 
So that was awesome. Good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff about entrepreneurship. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of that because it's relatable. You know, a lot of everything that you've said to me so far, I can relate with as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, somebody who is also just starting out, just trying to find myself, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't and what works with me in particular, you know. So I'm really happy with uh, the responses from those. Thank you for sharing all those details. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I want to kind of wrap things up a little bit and go into something we talked about at the end of the episode which is marketing, and we talked about a podcast, a potential podcast that you're <laughs> thinking about doing. So I want to talk about that a little bit. First question to start things off is, how are you marketing yourself now differently than you were when you first started? What's some new concepts that you're kind of bringing to the table? Yeah, so when I first started, I mean, this actually was even before I was an official business, is I put myself out on Instagram okay. just to kind of see how that would go. The name was Mind Body Kitchen. Mm-hmm. I just wanted, it was more for me just to put content out there, see some responses, get some feedback, mm-hmm. grow my community. Um, it's still a pretty small community, but I'm loving it. And like we were talking about before, when you put stuff out there, it's almost more for you because it's a collection. It's almost a portfolio of your content and what you want to share with the world. Mm-hmm. So Instagram has been you know, a small platform for me, but definitely a place where I can just be vulnerable and be myself and share whatever I want to share and see what comes back from that. Absolutely. Um, Facebook is huge, Mm -hmm. as you know, in this day and age. Um, If you're not on Facebook as an entrepreneur, you definitely should be. Yes. Um, So I've started building my group, Mm -hmm. Mind Body Kitchen Health Circle, just a great support community. Um, every Monday I post, you know, like a one to two minute clip. I call it Mindful Mondays. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Remember we talked about that a Yeah, bit. yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, I think groups are huge for something mm-hmm. like this especially because it is a journey for all your clients that are going through your program or, or working with you in general. You know, it's a journey and, and there's nothing more rewarding than experiencing experiencing a journey with alongside other people alongside a community of people that you can bounce things off of and relate with and exchange ideas and just be able to communicate with in that way so would you say that the group has been pretty uh, instrumental in your success as growing as a business and kind of you know getting getting more recognition getting yeah. more eyes on you and yeah but like, you know I'm still I'm not using that as my only platform of course, of course I post on my personal page mm-hmm. as well and I kind of have a back and forth there in order yes. to grow my group because it's still pretty new yeah so you use like the personal posts and stuff like that to kind of promote and and market the group and say hey I have this group in case you want to learn more go check that out and vice versa yeah you know I I just posted something on my personal page go check it out something that you've maybe put onto the group's platform Mm -hmm, or something along mm -hmm. those lines and my Instagram page and my Facebook group there's a lot of crossover because I have different followers in different places so you want to make sure you're sharing the same content absolutely so everybody gets a piece yeah 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 (laughs) How, what have you had more success with, Instagram or Facebook? Facebook. Yeah? 1,000%. Okay. I get a lot of likes on Instagram, mm-hmm. a lot of engagement, but it's I haven't seen any return yes. as far as clients mm-hmm. or people transitioning from Instagram to my group. Um, I've gotten several you know, personal reach out responses through Facebook. And that makes sense. I feel like more people are shopping on Facebook than on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like people are actually looking to reach out to someone like you after watching a video and saying how much you charge for your services, you know, yeah. instead of Instagram where it's more just like comment. Yeah. It's more social. It's more it's, about just being is. social. 
Um, so that's interesting. Though I feel like a lot of people have experienced that same kind of th- that same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than the groups, Instagram, that's kind of like got got you started. Now, what are your your goals as of going forward? Like, are you planning anything different as far as marketing yourself? Is there anything new that's up and coming? I know we talked about a podcast. Is that something that yeah. you really want to take forth and do? Uh, <laughs> I know I actually took some notes on uh, some of the names you came up with, which I thought were amazing. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I just wanted to just kind of you know, gauge you on that and see where your interest lies there. And, and when we'll hear you on a podcast soon. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I've wanted to start a podcast for a while. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of consistency yes. um, and creating the content enough so that I can just share it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recorded a several, you know, several yeah. episodes on my phone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and now it's that just does a, a trick. I know, but now I just got to be consistent and go with it. But yeah. I have put it out there. People know something's coming. I just, you know maybe in the next month or so cool so be on the lookout for that i will definitely be doing <laughs> that and let me know if you have, if you need any help and then of course you can watch this and be like oh wow that's how it, that's how yeah. it's looking <laughs> that is, this is a little bit of a of a test for you i guess you can say yeah you know look back at it and see the quality and stuff like that it's good for reference too to know mm-hmm. kind of the equipment that we're working with and the vibe that we bring you know just all that stuff it's a good vibe yeah that's that's what we're going for at least <laughs> we're trying um but yeah so i'm really excited to hear this podcast i can't wait till this out. you better tell me as soon as you release this thing <laughs> I will. so i can go check it out yeah awesome um all right so we'll wrap things up with that thank you so much for coming out today and talking to me about all this good stuff i want you to go ahead and just let all the listeners know where they can find you as far as your website your instagram your facebook all that stuff talk about anything you have coming up in the future i know you have an event coming up here pretty soon um april 27th right potentially Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can talk a little bit about that. Just let people know where they can find Lindsay Antman and yeah. Mind Body Kitchen. Yeah. So you can find Lindsay Antman on Facebook. Um, my business group is Mind Body Kitchen Health Circle. I'm on Instagram at Mind Body Kitchen. My website is mindbodykitchen.org. Um, yeah, the April 27th event. Mm-hmm. Not sure yet, but I do have one in Crystal Lake coming up on May 8th. Beautiful. Awesome. So where's that going to be at? Is it going to be in, in Crystal like, Lake? It's at a really beautiful coffee shop okay. called Aroma. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I've heard of Aroma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you should come. Absolutely. It'll be fun. I'll check it out. I used to wrestle in Crystal Lake way back in the day. They yeah. they were just a stud school of wrestlers and I used to get mm. beat up over there. I said bad <laughs> memories, but I'll definitely come check it out and hear some cool. of the stuff that you do. I'm really excited to learn more about Mind Body Kitchen, um, the workshops that you're putting together. I think they're awesome. Brilliant. I think more people need to know about the Mind Body Connection that has to do with food and nutrition so thank you again so much for coming out i know we've been talking about this for a long time so i'm excited that we finally were able Mm -hmm. to get it done and um you'll be hopefully seeing this and hearing this pretty soon (laughs) on all the social media outlets again this is Lindsay antman with mind body kitchen thank you so much for coming out today and that's it